So signing day for the 2024 cycle has come and gone, but it's never too early to think ahead this time next year. Who does Tennessee need to prioritize for the class of 2025? I'm going to give you a list of prospects both in-state and out-of-state here on a Friday Locked on Balls. You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. A good Friday morning, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Balls. I am Eric Kane. Appreciate you guys for being here as always, making Locked On Balls your first listen each and every day. Want to give a shout out to Game Time for being a part of the show today. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the promo code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Got a fun show coming up here today, and again, we're a part of Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every single day. Appreciate you guys making this your first listen. Hashtag Everydayers. Can't thank you enough. I, I truly, truly can't thank you enough. I'm going to have a fun show here. Uh, Looking ahead to 2025 National Signing Day, who could be some of those names on the list for Tennessee? Um, Matt Hayes over Saturday down south redid his quarterback rankings um, from going into the season to postseason. I'll tell you where Joe Milton fits on that one. And then finally, we'll look at uh, some of the pro football focus season grades for Tennessee and a couple of announcements there in segment number three. Uh, I do want to get out in front of you guys and let you know that Monday, Christmas Day, we will have a show. It's going to be a you know, if I get it scheduled on a Friday afternoon, it's going to be a um, a crossover with Log on Hawkeyes, and and so something for you guys to have if you uh, want to listen. Tune in on on Monday on Christmas Day on your way to see family. If you're trying to sneak off and get away from family, uh, maybe you know later in the week you can catch up on it. But we will have a show on Monday, and I uh, do wish you and, and yours, your family, and uh, a very very merry Christmas. Um, Special time of the year. Love this time of the year. It's, it's awesome. And unfortunately, you might can tell my voice right now, it's getting a little weak. Uh, the winter air, It's uh, it's been a little chilly the last couple of days. So I got a little bit of a sore throat. So if I sound, um, I know you guys might, may, may think I always sound bad, but if I sound a little bit different uh, today, I do apologize. Hopefully I'll kind of get over this sore throat in the coming days. But anyway, without further ado, let's go ahead and, j- and jump down into it. Tennessee in the 2025 cycle. Um, again, we, we just came off National Signing Day on Wednesday this past year or this past week, and there were really no surprises. Tennessee did what it was supposed to do. All the commits, um, you know, signed and, and as a part of that class, Tennessee welcomed officially three uh, additions from the transfer portal. And of course, still tracking to see if Tennessee can rail in a top target wide receiver and Chris Brazel and, and some other names as the, um, as the weeks continue. But, you now start to focus on 2025, and as we do all the time here on Lockdown Balls, when we're talking recruiting, we want to give a shout-out to uh, LinkedIn Jobs. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, so who are some of those names that Tennessee is going to absolutely prioritize for the class of 2025? Well, it starts with the quarterback, as it usually does, and a really, really nice in-state prospect from Brentwood Academy, and that is George McIntyre. Uh, you know the name. We talked about him on this show uh, an awful lot. You follow BallQuest. Obviously, you know that he is the target for Tennessee in the class of 2025, a quarterback coming down between Tennessee and Alabama. I think George McIntyre can make a decision as early as January. Um, he was back on campus for the Georgia game. He saw Tennessee play in Nashville against Virginia. He's been on campus tons over the last year. And you know, the last time he was on campus, he told Volquez, hey, I'm, I'm about done taking visits. I'm about to work towards the decision-making process. He said, quote, 
It was great to be back up here. Just another chance to see these good schools. Probably will be my last couple of visits coming up. I don't think I need a any more junior days. I feel like I've seen everything. So yeah, just another chance to be around the staff at each different school. So that was George McIntyre back in November. But you know, he's a five-star rated prospect over at on three, 15th overall in the cycle, number one prospect in the state of Tennessee, six foot five, 180 pounds. And um, again, Tennessee and Alabama are kind of are kind of battling for George McIntyre. Uh, family connections to Tennessee. I believe his sister goes to Tennessee. Um, I think he's going to take this time and make the decision for himself. But uh, Tennessee does like kind of where they are with George McIntyre right now. So that's an absolute priority in state. Of course, George McIntyre, the quarterback. You know, athlete Cam Sparks uh, down in Baylor. And you know, when I was um, covering recruiting more than I do now before Matt Ray came aboard over at VolQuest.com. I remember talking to Cam Sparks when he was a freshman, and, I mean, he was just he was so young, obviously, and um, still young, but just so young and, and new to the interview scene and all that type of stuff and didn't quite know the direction of where he was going to be. Tennessee originally kind of liked – he's an athlete. Tennessee originally kind of liked him in the defensive backfield, but I think as he's grown throughout high school and matured, I think programs such as Tennessee kind of view, view him more as a weapon on offense now. And – He's another one of those prime in-state prospects who's been up to campus a ton of times over the last couple of years. Can play on either side of the ball, six foot three, two hundred and ten pounds. Again, a Baylor school standout, the sixty-second overall player in the prospect according to On Three, the third best prospect in the state of Tennessee, and uh, just like McIntyre, I mean, just like a lot of these prospects, I'm going to mention here in a moment in this segment. You know, was up on campus for the Georgia game recently, but been on campus tons of times. Cam Sparks said to VolQuest after that Georgia game, or this is actually in August when he was um, up on campus, I feel like I'd be a great fit because I would be a vertical threat to any defense. I also know I can run those shallow crossing routes and I can take those hits. It's very appealing to any recruit to play in this offense. So that's what Cam Sparks has recently said about Tennessee. What about another guy that Tennessee's going to absolutely prioritize? Defensive lineman Ethan Utley from Innsworth High School. He is a four, six foot three, two 275 pounds, Again, been up to Neyland Stadium for a couple game day visits. Has been up for a couple junior days, all that and more. Um, he, he watched actually Tennessee play South Carolina, Texas A&M, and Georgia this past football season. He's a top 50 prospect overall, according to On3, number 43 in the class. He's the number two prospect from the state of Tennessee. Rodney Garner has connections to his family. I believe he knows his mom. They go way back. I think they were both at Georgia at the same time. So nonetheless... Um, connections to the family, and I, hopefully that can pay, pay some dividends. But Ethan Utley's a force, and he's going to have his pick of wherever he wants to go in college football, but Tennessee is very much in that one. All right, let's go outside the state of Tennessee real quick when we first bring up the offensive tackle I'm going to mention, David Sanders. David Sanders is the number one offensive tackle in the country. He's the number two overall prospect in the class. He literally can pick wherever he wants to go. Six foot five, 250 pounds. Uh, came up for the Vanderbilt game and was really, really impressed. Really, really liked Tennessee. Um, he said, "Quote: Tennessee's been one of those schools that I've uh, that has been prominent in my recruitment so far. So they're definitely probably doing the best out of everybody, in my opinion." He said at the time, uh, "They stay in constant communication with me and my family. They do a great job at just coordinating times to FaceTime and talk when we get the chance." because I have a busy schedule, and I understand their schedule is busy as well. They are always staying connected with me and my family, which I really appreciate. Not only are they building that relationship with me and my family, but you know that, that plays a major role in my recruitment. So David Sanders, um, good standing with Tennessee right now. Tennessee will have to keep on that one because, again, number two overall prospect in the cycle, 
number one offensive tackle, and he is from uh, from Georgia, I believe. Yeah, yeah, from from Georgia. Uh, another offensive tackle, and this is a Roswell, Georgia native. This is a Josh Petty. Um, if Sanders was the number one offensive tackle in the class, Petty is likely the number two offensive tackle in the class. So six foot four, 265 pounds, 11th best prospect, second offensive tackle. Um, he grew up a Tennessee fan, and I think that's kind of big, right? So if you miss on Sanders, you know, Petty, you're right there, you're recruiting him, and he grew up a Tennessee fan, told Volquest in October, quote, growing up a Tennessee fan, getting that offer was crazy. I'm not going to lie. I remember where I was and everything about it. I remember every word of the conversation. I remember thinking, this is crazy to get an offer from my dream school growing up. As I further into my recruitment, I knew I had worked, I knew I had to work past that and look at each school to know that this is a business decision, but earning that offer was special for me. Got to take advantage of that if you're Tennessee. I've got to take advantage of that if you're Tennessee. Let's go back to the uh, to the in-state prospects. Joe Kim Dotson, uh, three-star wide receiver from the Memphis area, number nine prospect in the States, uh, nice little wide receiver. He's one that Tennessee likes. Darius Jackson is a guy that you probably have never heard of, but... You're going to hear his name an awful lot. Six foot two, 180 pound athlete from Sheffield High School in the Memphis area. He won Tennessee Titans Mr. Football Award for the Class 3A this year. He had a 1,742 all purpose yards, 27 total touchdowns, 40 tackles on defense, seven interceptions on, on uh, 40 tackles on defense, along with seven interceptions. Tennessee, Auburn, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, kind of the first to offer there from the SEC. Really talented player, wide receiver is kind of his future in the game, but you probably haven't heard his name, but you will, Radarius Jackson. And then finally, the last prospect I'm going to highlight here is Caleb Cunningham, wide receiver. Um, Tennessee's after him. He's a he's a five-star, six foot three, 185-pound athlete from Mississippi. Um, Kelsey Pope was in town to see him a couple weeks ago. And uh, he was in town to see Tennessee play, I can't remember when it was, uh, one of these games this fall. He said, quote, this is one of my my top visits. I love Tennessee. It's a good vibe down here. I'll be back during the spring for sure. They're going to be at the top of my list. I love everything about Tennessee. It's a good vibe, yada, yada, yada. So, again, initial contact, get in the game. That's kind of where you were when the focus is on the 24 cycle. You need to just get in the game for this 25 recruits, and then you got to work to get them back to campus for junior day. Then you got to work to get them back to campus for um, a spring practice. Then you got to work to get them back to campus for a June official visit. But you got to close. Got to close. Caleb Cunningham, wide receiver. Rodarius Jackson, wide receiver. Joe Kim Dotson, wide receiver. Tackles Josh Petty, David Sanders, defensive lineman Ethan Utley, athlete Cam Sparks, wide receiver, and then quarterback George McIntyre. Priority targets for Tennessee in the class of 2025. And we will see if those guys end up being a part of of the class of 2025 for the University of Tennessee. Hey, when we come back, we're going to take a look at a story over Saturday Down South from Matt Hayes where he goes back and re-ranks his quarterback rankings and shows how uh, wrong he was at times entering the season. That is coming up next right here on Locked On Vol. Stay tuned. Do you want to tell you about our friends over at Game Time? You shouldn't have to worry about buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time's a fast, it's an easy way to buy tickets for all your sporting events. Plus, not only sporting events, but music, comedy, theater events, all near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seats, and they have the best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Hey, Christmas 
if you're like me, you're still looking for those last-minute Christmas deals, okay? Um, game time can be just that stocking stuffers. Get tickets uh, to the Tennessee Volunteers at Thompson Bowling Arena Food City Center, Tennessee Baseball at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. Hey, even maybe some tickets for Tennessee football next year. Maybe comedy and theater shows near you. Game time, you can do all that to have those digital stocking stuffers this Christmas time. Plus, the lowest price guarantee, even event cancellation protection and job loss protection. So Game Time has your back. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the promo code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Locked On College L O C K E D C O L L E G E for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. All right, guys, welcome back into your Friday edition of Locked On Vols. I hope everybody has a Merry Christmas. Be safe this weekend. Enjoy it. Um, again, it's, uh, it's going to be a busy weekend for me. I'm sure it's going to be a, be a busy weekend for you. Going to pre-record some episodes uh, to get out in front of it, to have an episode on Monday, on Tuesday, because I don't want to record on Christmas Day. And then on Wednesday's show, I'm going to pre-record as well, because I'm going to be on the road on, um, I'm going to be on the road on, uh, on Tuesday, the day after Christmas. So there are going to be some movement in the transfer portal. I invite you to stay patient. I promise I'll hit it. And, uh, if Tennessee does get a big wide receiver target at some point on Friday, I will do my best to get something up on YouTube for you guys to check out. All right, so let's visit Saturday Down South real quick. Um, you got Matt Hayes. He's revisiting and updating his preseason SEC quarterback rankings. He says, hey, I'm going to go ahead and get this out there You know, first and foremost. I called Jaden Daniels being the best quarterback in the SEC. I got that one right. This is Matt Hayes. But he said after that, um, he, he missed on some couples. So let's kind of look at this. He said Jaden Daniels will be the best quarterback in the SEC. That's kind of where he ranks him in postseason. That was spot on, obviously, the Heisman Trophy winner. His second quarterback, when he's going back and re-ranking these quarterbacks in the SEC, is Jalen Milrow. He had Milrow unranked coming into the season. So I don't know. I have to go back and find his initial rankings. I don't know if he had Tyler Buckner. I don't know if he had Ty Simpson. Maybe he didn't have Jalen Milrow in there at all. Maybe he just did a top 10. But he had Jalen Milrow unranked. And, um... Jalen Milrow had a had a fantastic year, was benched after the Texas loss, which makes no sense. I guess that was just so that everybody could see that he was the best option. I don't know. I don't know why that matters if you're a head coach, but whatever. He's been on fire since that Texas loss. 28 touchdowns, only four interceptions, all wins since the Texas loss. Um, SEC championship game MVP, and he's coming back for another year, and um, he'll be in that Heisman conversation, so you can't really argue with that. Carson Beck is his number three quarterback postseason in the SEC. Uh, preseason ranked, he had Beck at fourth. I mean, he had a really good year. It's hard to argue. Um, First-year starting quarterback completed 72% of his passes. He threw for almost 4,000 yards, 22 touchdowns. Again, he's coming back. He made that announcement this week, and he'll be at the uh, the, the, the premier talk of Heisman Trophy winners. So, um, re-ranking his quarterback rankings, one, Jaden Daniels, two, Jalen Milrow, three, Carson Beck. Number four comes in, and it's Jackson Dart. He had Jackson Dart ranked third going into the season, so he slides one, and that, that's tough sledding because Jackson Dart had a really, really good year, 3,300 yards passing, um, or th- three total yards, excuse me, 3,362 total yards, 377 rushing, 27 touchdowns. Um, he didn't struggle down the stretch like he did in 2022. Last five games, he had seven touchdowns, two interceptions, um, almost won four times, and uh, he did a really, really nice job where in 2022, where the Rebels lost four of the last five games, uh, he struggled immensely. His number five quarterback is Spencer Rattler. He had Rattler-Brank preseason eighth. Um, 
Rattler had a really, really strong start to the season, kind of tailed off after that. Uh, still no still no Josh or uh, Joe Joe Milton, right? Still no Joe Milton. Go to number six. Could this be Joe Milton here? No, it's Brady Cook. Brady Cook, he had Brady Cook ranked 13th going into the season. Brady Cook is his sixth quarterback postseason. And you know, Brady Cook had some really good numbers this year. He had a he had a really, really strong season. Um Hayes writes, his numbers were up across the board. The biggest and most pertinent average yards per attempt. It's a statistic measured by NFL scouts. Uh, Cook went from 7.2 yards per attempt in 2022 to 9.1 yards per attempt in 2023. Um, that's kind of the difference in he and Joe Milton. Joe Milton's yards per attempt this year was not, not a very good stat. But anyway, Cook finished with 3,189 passing yards, 20 touchdowns, 6 INTs. Um, he'll be one of the top returning quarterbacks in the Southeastern Conference next year. Okay, so if Brady Cook is six, truly to goodness, Joe Milton's going to be seventh, right? Well, Matt Hayes has Graham Mertz at number seven, where he had Mertz preseason ranked 14th. And I'll be the first one to tell you, I did not see Graham Mertz having the best year of his career in a tougher conference after being super mediocre and not very good at Wisconsin for four years. Coming to the SEC, where you face tougher competition week in and week out, Graham Mertz had a career year. Granted, he had better toys to play with. I, I recognize that, but um, got to give props to Graham Mertz, man. He went from completing, let's see here, um, his lifetime completion percentage was in the low 60s, and he was up around 70 this year. Um, he had a he had a really really strong season. So, and he's coming back next year as well. Joe Milton's got to be eighth on this list, right? Well, no, Connor Wagman is eighth on this list, and that really stings because Connor Wagman got hurt in week four. He got hurt in week four, but Hayes is putting Wagman here because, one, his injury might have cost Jimbo Fisher his job, and two, he was on pace to throw for 3,600 yards, 32 touchdowns. So uh, Connor Wagman was having a breakout year until his injury, and, of course, he got injured before the, uh, the Tennessee game. All right, Joe Milton comes in here at ninth, finally. Joe Milton at ninth. Uh, preseason ranked, he was at number seven for Matt Hayes. This is what he has to say about Joe Milton. It didn't look anything like Hendon Hooker or Dylan Gabriel or Mackenzie Milton or even Drew Locke. The offense under Coach Josh Heupel, so prolific at Tennessee his first two seasons and before at UCF and even as the OC at Missouri, wasn't the same in 2023. Throws were either to the perimeter or deep. Uh, Second-level throws were very rare. Milton had a solid season, 2,813 passing yards, 20 touchdowns, but solid doesn't translate to breakthrough wins against Alabama or Georgia, much less Florida. A lot of truth in that. Uh, let's go look at the pro football focus stats for Joe Milton on the year. A ton of deep or a ton of lateral, essentially, and there's some truth to that. Joe Milton had 61 passes, 20 yards or more down the field. Joe Milton had 66 passes, 10 to 19 yards down the field. So in comparison, more in that intermediate range, but you got to think the high volume of deep throws at 61. But short, you know, screen passes, things below 10 yards, 124 attempts, and 88 passes behind the line of scrimmage this year. So there's a whole lot of truth to that for sure. Uh, Hayes has Milton ranked at number nine, and that's honestly probably about right. I mean, I would have probably put him above Connor Wagman simply because, I mean, you got hurt, man. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put you in a ranking just based on what your projections were. I mean, 32 touchdowns was really good. I mean, if you're going straight up based on projections, he should be in the top five, in my opinion. I probably have Joe Milton at eight. I'd probably have, yeah. I mean, I can't really argue. He was very, very, very middle of the pack 
quarterback in the SEC this year. Uh, behind him, he had Will Rogers at number 10. His preseason rank for Rogers was 2. And, of course, he never jobbed with the new OC there. And his completion percentage, which was career 70%, went down to 59% this year. That's not good. Of course, he's going to be at Washington next year. A.J. Swan is his 11th quarterback after being preseason ranked 12th. And his 12th quarterback in the SEC is Devin Leary after his preseason rank for Leary was 6th in the SEC. And, of course, I was high on Leary this offseason. I thought he would have done a whole lot better than what he did this year. K.J. Jefferson was preseason ranked 9th. Uh, Hayes has him at number 13, and Peyton Thorne, who was preseason ranked 10th, he has him at 14th. So, anyway, I, I thought that was interesting, kind of going back, seeing how Matt Hayes ranked them going into the season and how he came back and re-ranked them towards the end of the season and where Joe Milton was in that conversation. He had Joe Milton at number 7 entering the year, Joe Milton at number 9 exiting the year. Where do you think Nico Imaliava will appear on this list heading into the 2024 campaign? Eh, we got to wait a couple months. But uh, that, of course, will be intriguing, to say the least. Hey, when we come back, more pro football-focused stats from the season as a whole. We'll get a quick snapshot, and uh, we'll look at, of course, uh, a, uh, an award, essentially, for or an honor, essentially, for running back Jalen Wright. That is coming up next right here as you listen to Lockdown Balls. Do you want to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook? Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. The weather is cool outside. But the NFL offers, they stay hot over at FanDuel, like the one I just read off there. I'm going to say it again. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That is not bad at all. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than right now to get in on that action. Again, I, I just mentioned it's $150 if your team wins. Not, not nothing, uh, nothing too hard there. Spreads, player props. Over-unders, uh, totals. We love the overs here on Locked On Balls. Parlays. Get a whole lot of fun, and you can do it over at FanDuel Sportsbook. They've got games tomorrow on Saturday. Of course, your Sunday slate. There's an awesome Christmas Day showdown between the 49ers and the Ravens. That's going to be exciting. You can stay in the game, stay engaged, and have something to play for over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Plus, more importantly, put some coin in your pocket this holiday season. Go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off the NFL season today. That is FanDuel. It is America's number one sportsbook. All right, boys and girls, the final segment left here on this Friday edition of Lockdown Vaults. And again, if there's any breaking news today, I will do my best to uh, come out and get something up on YouTube. I'm going to be gone all day Saturday uh, celebrating Christmas with the family. Um, Sunday, we'll see what happens. Monday's Christmas. I'm not doing a thing on work-related on Christmas. And then Tuesday, I'm going to be in the car. But uh, Chris Brazel should be making an announcement literally any day now, in my opinion, between Tennessee, Colorado, Washington's in that conversation. Uh, but Tennessee very, very much wants the transfer portal um, deflection from two lanes. So uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll see if anything happens in that regard. All right. So I uh, wanted to get a quick snapshot of kind of what the pro football focus grades were for the University of Tennessee this year. We mentioned Joe Milton a little bit on him a moment ago. Um, let's see here. Let's look at let's look at the offensive grades for Tennessee. Tennessee's highest grade for the season was running back Jalen Wright, who was invited to the Reese's Senior Bowl on Thursday. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. I am not going to sit here and lie to you guys. I saw that tweet, and I did like seven double takes, okay? And I clicked on the profile to make sure it was truly Jalen Wright. And in my mind, I'm like, he's a junior. 
he's a junior. How is this possible? He's a junior. I did not know that the race has seen the bowl change criteria this year, first year, where they're taking draft eligible juniors as well. Had no clue. Had no clue. Um, so there's that. Um, I think I've made mention a couple of different times, like Jalen Hyatt last year, who was ineligible to play in the Shrine Bowl or the, the Reese's Senior Bowl or anything, that Jalen Wright wouldn't be taking part in any of that. Well, I was wrong. Uh, Jalen Wright, if he accepts his invitation, which he should, uh, he'll be he'll be heading down to Mobile. What an honor. Again, that is um that's cream of the crop right there. The game doesn't mean a thing. I mean, sure, you want to ball out in the game, but the week of practice is huge because multiple representations, multiple multiple representatives from every NFL franchise is going to be there. Head coaches, uh, director of scoutings, GMs. I mean, they're just sitting there watching all week at practice, one-on-one drills, seven-on-seven, all that type of stuff, team periods. And that's why it's huge for Joe Milton. That's why it's going to be huge for Jalen Rod if he accepts it. So congratulations to Jalen Wright. That's quite the honor. But Jalen Wright had a pro football focus grade of 91.0 this year. And we remember, if you're watching on YouTube, I will put those grades at the bottom here, the grading scale, if I can find it. Here we go. Elite is 90 to 99. Very good is 80 to 89. Above average starter is 70 to 79. Average starter is 60 to 69. Below average starter is 50 to 59. And less than 50 is considered a backup level player. Again, I was you know going back and forth with some people on the general quarters earlier this week, or maybe it was last week. And there's a lot of people that don't like pro football focus, and that's fine. Again, I say it every single time I bring pro football focus on the show. It's something. It's not everything. If you don't like pro football focus, that's fine. Ignore it. Um, I like pro football focus because it gives me snap counts. It gives me, you know, yards with the ball travel through the air. It gives me directional passing. It gives me uh, coverage grades. It gives me uh, stats in terms of every time a receiver is targeted against a certain defensive back. I mean, there's a lot of useful things uh, here for from Pro Football Focus. But so when you're looking at these grades and you're listening to me say these grades, um, I do think someone mentioned this to me and I couldn't agree more. The accumulation of grades, I think, kind of stand for something. Now, individual grades say somebody got a 55. You know, offensive line got a 55 grade per pro football focus in a specific game. I mean, sure, you know, maybe there's something to that, but pro football focus doesn't know what the blocking assignments are, doesn't know what the plays are called and everything. Maybe they did their job or whatever. So I don't buy a whole lot of stock into individual grades, but when you kind of compile them over a season's worth of games, I think it does give you a bigger picture. But anyway, grades are something, not everything. Take it or leave it. But Jalen Wright led Tennessee's offense with a 91.0 grade, which is considered elite, and he was certainly nothing short of elite this season. Dylan Sampson actually had the the third highest grade for Tennessee on offense, 81.8. That is very, very solid. Um, he played 247 offensive snaps. Joe Milton had the fourth highest grade on offense, 77.5 or 77.6 overall. Um, Brew McCoy in just a couple of games, of course, five games, 69.7. Javante Spragan, 67.7. Jabari Small, 66.6. Dante Thornton, 66.5. McCallan Castles, 65.6. And so on and so forth. Um, I want to look at uh, blocking here. The, let's see here, pass blocking. The best pass blocker on the team this year was, of, of starters who actually played was Javante Spragans at 77.5% pass blocking grade where he gave up only two sacks. John Campbell had a 73.5% pass blocking grade. He gave up one sack. Ollie Lane had a 69.7% pass blocking grade. He gave up two sacks. 
Dane Davis, 66.5 pass blocking grade. He gave up one sack. Cooper Mays, 66.1. He gave up no sacks. Andre Carrick, 64.8. He gave up one sack in five games. Gerald Mincy, let's see here. Gerald Mincy, 60% pass blocking grade. He gave up two sacks. Jeremiah Crawford, 49.5% pass blocking grade. gave up two sacks. And that's pretty much it from the starting offensive lineman. Let's look at run blocking, shall we? Run blocking grades. Javante Spragans, he had a really good year, 68.7. Dane Davis, 60.5. And see, this is where I don't really get it. I mean, we're getting down here to the nitty-gritty here towards the, the back end. I mean, you've got starting offensive lineman John Campbell, 51.2 run blocking grade. Um... Ollie Lane, 56.4 run blocking grade. Cooper Mays, 58.6 run blocking grade. Tennessee ran for over 2,400 yards. I mean, Tennessee was the second-best rushing team in the SEC, 12th best in, in college football. So I don't quite get these run blocking grades, if you will. Uh, let's go to defense real quick. Let's look, at, uh, let's look at coverage grades or coverage stats, if you will. Kamal Haddon was so elite. We know his stats. I mentioned him a couple of times. Uh, Jalen McCullough was targeted 20 times on the year, gave up 11 receptions for 127 yards and two touchdowns. Wesley Walker was targeted 18 times, gave up 16 receptions for 212 yards, no touchdowns. Tamari McDonald targeted 41 times, gave up 31 receptions for three touchdowns. Gabe Judy Lawley targeted 48 times, gave up 31 receptions, 405 yards, and gave up one touchdown. Ricky Gibson, a minimal minimal time, targeted nine times, gave up four receptions, 14 yards, no touchdowns. Let's see here. Danico Slaughter, where are you? Danico Slaughter targeted 29 times, gave up 24 receptions for 422 yards and three touchdowns. That's not too great. And I'm missing somebody. I'll just read off Kamal Haddon's again because they're so good. Kamal Haddon in seven games, targeted 33 times, gave up 12 reception for 96 yards and no touchdowns. He was so good on the season. So a three interceptions, six PBUs. Haddon had six PBUs. McCullough had two PBUs. Walker had two. McDonald had three. Judy Lolly had two. Beasley had one. Brooks had one. Jeremiah Tlander had two. Um... Danico Slaughter had one. Danico Slaughter, he was banged up. He was dealing with a foot injury all year long, but he didn't quite have his best season. So, anyway, some of those grades I want to throw out there. A season as a whole, and uh, looking at how these Tennessee Volunteers performed according to Pro Football Focus. Guys, always do appreciate you. Can't thank you enough for being here and being a part of the show. Um, hope you guys have a very, very Merry Christmas. We'll be back on Monday for Christmas Day, a Locked On Crossover Edition. If you want to check that out, we'll have shows Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday getting you ready for Tennessee in the Citrus Bowl. Thanks so much. Stay safe this weekend, and we will talk again soon. This is Locked On Balls.